tonight in our lesson of Love Like Jesus, I'm going to talk about washing feet. Don't get, don't get, don't get all troubled. But I, I, I heard a story about a husband that came down with a very terrible and rare disease. And uh, he, he went to the doctors, and the doctors spent some time running tests and diagnosed him and, and came come to find out he had a very, very rare disease. And so before the doctors even talked to him, they said, we need to talk to your wife. And they called her in, and, and she was in the, uh, in the doctor's office for a few minutes and with just her and the doctor and the nurse. And, and he said, your husband has a very, very rare disease. And he said, I'll be honest with you. We're going to do our best. We believe we can heal him and get him back to health. But he's going to have to go through some uh, chemotherapy, through some tough treatments. And he said, but here's why I wanted to talk to you. He said, you are his wife, and what we need from you is you're going to, he's got to be well protected. You're going to have to cook three meals a day, and, and it's going to have to be the kind of food that we tell you to cook. And you're going to have to clean the house. There could be no germs. There's going to have... Things are going to have to be spotless, and it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of dedication, but the only way we're going to be able to bring him through this is for you to do your job. You're going to have to take care of him, help him, be there for him 24-7, and uh, she, she understood. So she walked out, and the, the husband looked, and he said, what, what did the doctor say? She said, it's bad news. You're going to die. Because some people just say, I ain't doing that. Look at your neighbor and say, I ain't doing that. How many of you ever said, I ain't doing that? Yeah, you know you have. Matter of fact, when I said, look at your neighbor, some of you said, I ain't doing that. So the facts are, we don't often do what we really ought to do. And we think that some things are beneath us. We think we're too good for some task that, as a Christian, we are many times obligated to take on. If you love like Jesus, you'll love in a, in, in a, a very irrational way. Jesus was always performing irrational acts of love. He wasn't a common man. He did not think like we think. So so I want to read a little scripture and I want to show you some things about Jesus tonight. And if we could just grasp it for the next few minutes of how we need to love like Jesus loves. You can't look at things and say, I'm not doing that. Because the smallest thing may make a difference in somebody's life. And what we're really going to talk about tonight is servitude. In John chapter 13, verse 1, I'm reading not from the King James, another version. It says this, It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them, say this with me, he loved them to the end. He loved them to the end. 
Verse 2 said the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. So this was, this was during the week of crucifixion. Now, the week of crucifixion was quite, a, was quite an ordeal if you go back and study because on Monday Jesus went in and turned the tables over in the temple and drove the money changers out with a whip, and he cleaned up the temple. That's what happened on Monday. Tuesday, you go study the Scriptures, he had a massive fight with religious leaders. So this, this is the week leading up to crucifixion. On Wednesday, there is no record. But on Thursday, as a matter of fact, on a Thursday night, we find Jesus in a secret meeting in an upper room with his disciples, and he knows that he is about to give his own life. He understands that tomorrow there will be a, a, a crucifixion. There will be a time when his, his uh, back is going to be beaten. His head is going to feel the crown of thorns. He is going to be beaten and bruised and literally die on a cross. And so he has this supper that we call the Last Supper with his disciples. And, and he invites them, and he is about to break bread with them, and he is about to present to them the bread, the body, and the blood, symbolic in bread and wine, what he is about to give to this world. <coughs> My dad always said, if you've ever seen a, excuse me, if you've ever seen a, a picture of the Last Supper, Anybody ever seen a picture, a drawing, a painting of the Last Supper? Have you ever noticed they were all on one side of the table? My dad used to say, Jesus must have said, hey guys, if you're going to be in the picture, get on this side of the table. But he was there with them, and according to Luke's gospel, I read it today, according to Luke's gospel, there was an argument that comes up, and the Bible talks about it about who was the greatest. I mean, Jesus is about to die. The crucifixion is about to take place. And the disciples get in a big argument about who is the greatest in the kingdom of God. And I can hear it now. I'll use a little imagination. There was John that says, well, you know, I'm, I'm the one he loves. He said he did. He told me, you know, if you read John, you'll find out that that's the one that Jesus loved. And then Peter steps up and says, I don't care, John, if he said he loves you. I'm the one that walked on water. And some other disciple said, yeah, but you began to sing. And they had an argument going on. Bartholomew probably spoke up. and Somebody said, nobody's going to remember you. You had not done anything. Nobody even knows your name, Bartholomew. They were debating. You know, I'm just using human, human reasoning. And the Bible don't say all I just said. It just said that it was an argument. And, and there was there was much spite there, and they they had they had problems among themselves because they wanted to be the big it. They wanted to be the greatest. So Jesus, hearing the argument, hearing the argument, he did something very real. In John chapter thirteen verse four, the Bible said, "So Jesus got up from the meal." He took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, 
he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. As a matter of fact, if you if you go read Matthew chapter 23 in the writings of Matthew, Jesus said to his disciples, the greatest among you will be your servant. The greatest. It's not who walked on water. It's not whom I've said that I love. But the greatest. If you want to know who the greatest is, it's going to be a servant. For we understand the paradox of Scripture that says the way up is down and the way down is up. For if a man exalts himself, he shall be abased. But a man that humbleth himself, the Bible said, shall be exalted. Am I in the Scripture? So servitude is what God calls great. He, he stopped what he was doing. He got up. He put others ahead of himself. And he began to wash feet. Now, why wash feet? Why did he do that? <clears throat> I want to give you a little, little history real quick because it was a common thing and it was a common courtesy in that day if a man came into your house now if he comes into our house in 2020 what we'd do is say can I get you something to drink uh you know just have would you like something to eat come on in sit down make yourself at home in that day when a man walked in you you offered to have his feet washed. That was a common courtesy of the day. It was something that the man, the owner of the house didn't necessarily do. In my studies, I find that it was often the servant that was called to wash the feet. Feet are often dirty and feet often stink. Not all time, but sometime. You don't, when people come to your house today, you don't say, hey, can I give you a pedicure? Do you? No, you don't. You just say, hey, come in, have a seat. Could I get you something to drink? Make yourself comfortable. But in that day, it was, could we wash your feet? Because often it was the the dusty roads and the hard, long journeys and the, the moving about the city. And people, people would offer to wash feet. And, that, feet. and that's what this, this was all about with Jesus. He was, he was becoming a servant to his own disciples to show them what greatness really was. We, we you know, foot washing has been a common thing in in the church for many 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 years i used to tell my dad when we'd have foot washing i'd say now dad if uh if if you want to wash my feet you get a real deal and he'd just chuckle because i shot two toes off in 1973 i don't have but eight toes so you get a deal if you wash my feet and and he would laugh and we you know i i i I would just uh some of y'all didn't know that. But yeah, I got two toes missing on this foot right here. But don't don't let that fool you. I can do anything you can do. So so this foot washing deal, it wasn't it wasn't what everybody liked, but it was the courtesy and the common thing of the day. 
And here these disciples are at dinner with Jesus. And do you know what he saw? Do you know what Jesus saw when he looked at his disciples that day? Everybody say this with me. He saw proud hearts. Come on, say it. Proud hearts and dirty feet. That's what he saw. Proud hearts and dirty feet. And so he gets up and he puts on, if you please, one writer said, the slave's apron. And he gets a bucket or a pail of water and he bends down. And when he does, there's gasp among the disciples. As a matter of fact, Peter said, no, Lord. No, 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 no. You're not washing my feet. No, I'm unworthy of that. You can't wash my feet. And the Lord said, if I can't wash your feet, you don't have a part with me. You see, what he was doing, he was showing them what what real greatness really is. If you're going to love like Jesus, you're going to become a servant. If you're going to love like Jesus, you can't be up here. You've got to be down here. We're talking about Jesus Christ. He bends down and starts washing dirty, smelly feet. We're talking about the Son of God. We're talking about the living water. We're talking about the Lamb of God. We're talking about true vine, the bread of life, the light of the world, the living stone. I'm I'm talking about what he's called in Scripture, the King of glory, the Prince of peace, the great high priest, the righteous judge, the chosen one, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, our redeemer and our rock and our sanctification and our righteousness. He kneels and washes feet. You want to know what, how Jesus loved? He didn't love like everybody else. He loved as a servant. And the Bible said that he loved them till the end. He loved them until the end. Who's the greatest? I'll tell you who the greatest is. The greatest among you is the greatest servant among you. I'll tell you who the great. I, you, you know, there's just some things that you do. There's some things that cross your path in life as a Christian. And often we shun our responsibility as Christians. I was in a place uh, just a few days ago, and uh, I didn't remember this. I think I mentioned it in church that week. But I was in a man's business, and a man shook my hand. Matter of fact, he's been to church a couple of times since then. But he said, you don't remember me, do you? I said, no, I don't. I don't guess I do. And he said, 20 years ago, Pastor, I was at the station at the end of Frontage Road, and he named this the kangaroo right here. That's what I'm talking about. He said, you pulled up, and I was trying to get from Monroe to Tallulah, and I didn't have a dime to my name. And he said, you pulled up, and he said, I asked you if you would help me. And, Pastor, you handed me $20, and I've never forgot that. That was 20 years ago. Now, I didn't, I didn't do that with anybody around, and I don't even remember doing that. He says I did, so I'll take his word for it. 
But, but here's what I do know. It made a difference in his life, and he never forgot it. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, if you want to be a great church, you got to be a serving church. you got to step up to the plate when nobody else will. you got to be delivering the goods of God to the world that you live in, and you got to do it no matter how it feels because you love people. Sometimes you just got to say, I'll do this. I'll own this. Oh, I, I, my mind went quickly to the Apostle Paul. You know what he said? I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. In other words, Paul said, I will be whatever I've got to be. I will do whatever I have to do. I will give whatever I have to give to save somebody. I'll do my part no matter how hard it is on my flesh. Sometimes you got to step out of the normal you and become another you in order to help what whatever situation is around you and be the servant God wants you to be. It will happen to you on a daily basis if you'll just be pliable in the hands of God. Anybody believe that? Friends, friends are, are, are good. But when a stranger comes by, when a stranger picks you up, when a stranger when a stranger lends you a hand, it makes a mark in your life. When people you don't even know, they, 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 just, they stick out the hand of servitude and say, I'll be there. I'll help you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We as the church and the body of Christ, we have to serve one another as we serve God. Do you believe that? That's why I know who I could call if I were moving today, I know who I could call because I know the heart of people. And, and, and people will step up to the plate. I, I, there's been many times in mine and your lives that we've had to step in and do things that we don't normally do. But it's because nobody else is doing it and somebody needs a servant's heart. And so you just step up and you claim it and you do it. And let me tell you something. God blesses you every time you serve others and every time you serve the kingdom. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. You know, here's, here's where we are. We want credit for everything. Can you, could, I just, could I just have a little fun here tonight? Can you see Jesus at the Last Supper taking his cell phone out? And he's, he's, he's got it on photo. And he's making sure that he's getting a selfie while he's washing Peter's feet. Oh, I want to make sure everybody sees this. I'm going to put this on Instagram. I'm serving. And make sure this goes on Facebook. I'm washing feet. And you smile and you look down and you're washing. And everybody's going to know about this. Hashtag serving. See, that's where we are. I know it's funny, but it's true. 
Hashtag, look at me. I'm doing God's work. The world of selfies. You see, when you serve with the right heart, this is in your notes, it's not about you. When you serve with the right heart, did you hear me? It's not about you. Your gifts are not about you. Your talent is not about you. Your serving can never be about you. It's got to be about God and about others. That's why Jesus said, you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the number one commandment. You know what the second one is? It's like unto the first. You love your neighbor as yourself. That will cause you to be a servant to your neighbor. That will cause you to do things with the right attitude. Don't, you don't need to be seen. You don't need to be acknowledged. You don't need to be repaid. If I could only tell you that there are people in this church, I, I even hesitate to call their name because they don't even want glory. But there are people on a daily basis in this church. I'm not talking about every once in a while. They're going to take care of the poor. They're going to take care of the sick. They're going to take care of the elderly. They're, they're in the hospitals. They're doing, they're doing the work of God. They don't get accolades. They don't get acknowledgement. They don't get somebody bragging on them. They're not taking selfies and putting it on Facebook. They're just serving. Because when you serve others, you know what Jesus said? He said, I was hungry and you visited me, or you, you, you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was in prison, and you didn't visit me. They said, Lord, when were you thirsty, and when were you hungry, and when were you in prison? He said, when you have done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Am I in the Bible? So when you serve people with a good heart, you're serving God. Here's another thing that's in your notes. Watch this. Serving isn't just about actions. It's about attitudes. It's kind of like some folks coming to church. Oh, man, we got to go to church. Are you kidding me? This is the greatest place in the world. This is a good place to be. I'm like David. I was glad when they said it to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I love to go to church. Does anybody here like to go to church besides me? I'm assuming you do. You're here tonight. I'm not here because somebody said, you know, I, I, I heard, did you hear about the guy that wouldn't get up on Sunday morning? He wouldn't get up. His wife said, get up. We've got to go to church. He said, I don't want to go to church. She said, seriously, get up. It's almost time. You're going to be late. He said, I don't want to go to church. And she just kept on. And she said, you got to get up. We're going to be late. We've got to go to church. He said, I don't want to go to church. She said, you're the pastor. you got to go. I'm full of junk tonight. But I know people like that. I love the house of God. I love to worship God. I love to come into his presence. Is there anybody that loves Jesus and loves his kingdom? Loves to be in his presence? Loves to be where the anointing of God is? Loves to be where people's lives are changed? So your serving isn't about your actions. It's about your attitude. I, I tell you, I just, I just jotted a few things down. and I, I, I was just thinking today of people that serve. 
I'm going to talk about him tonight, and he's not even here. Uh, two of them is not even here. But you've heard me say this before. And I don't remember how many years it is, but it's been years, years that nobody asked, nobody. I don't have to say a word. I don't have to wonder. But And Donnie McMahon, how old is Donnie now? 82, 83, 83 years old. Donnie has headed up mowing this yard, 13 acres here. He comes when the, when the grass, and, and we don't pay Donnie. We don't have to worry about him. We don't have, he just, he comes. Now, his health has been bad. His back's been bad. He's had all kind of surgeries and all kind of stuff going on. You can't tell him to quit because he is serving God. That's his, that's his giving and his love to God. His, his son-in-law, Dub, helps him. And that's what, one of them's here tonight, and he's Ronnie Cupid. Ronnie Cupid, when he retired and, 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 and went, you know, went home from his normal job. He didn't go home. He spends a lot of time. Ronnie Cupid's driving around this church at night when you're sleeping, checking doors, mowing the yard, helping Donnie. They all get these lawnmowers going, and it looks like a, it looks like spiders out there. That's called servitude. Oh, I can name some more. While Ronnie's doing all that, Carolyn's taking care of everybody. She is. Carolyn, I love you for that. Nobody in this church has a bigger heart than Carolyn Cupid. She takes care of the sick. She goes to the hospital. She goes to the nursing homes. She's constantly baking something for somebody, doing something for somebody. It's just called servitude. You know what? Here's a guy sitting right over there, two of them right over here. Ray, wave your hand, Kirkland. Nobody pays Kirkland. Where's Michael? Is he here tonight? Michael's not right, right here. You're supposed to be on that side, Michael. I see you. But you know, nobody pays these guys to go to Grace Place and feed homeless people. Nobody pays them. You don't ever hear their names except when I maybe say something about it every once in a while. But they're serving. And they got a group that goes with them. A, a good group. People. How many of y'all in this room has been? There's one right there. Darryl, you go just about every Friday. Who goes to Grace Place? Raise your hand. Look here. Look here. Look here. Look here. All over. Look here. Look, Carolyn, Leatris. Wow. Just take their time. That's called serving. Everybody say serving. That's loving like Jesus loved. You may not be washing anybody's feet, but I'll tell you what you're doing. You're giving of yourselves to the kingdom of God, and you're making a difference. I said you're making a difference. You know, you know what two of the most wonderful people that I've ever known, and I'm serious about this. They don't, I've never said this on this pulpit. They live next door to me now. It's called David and Judy Leach. You know what they do? Let me tell you what they do. There's never new people that come to this church that David and Judy Leach don't invite them to their house. There you are right there. Bethany, there you are right there. I, I can tell you, they're the best at incorporating people into the church. Now, Judy can cook. She may not be on time, but she can cook. She knows me. We're neighbors. Literally. Our houses are from here to that stream from one another. But they love people. And they're always saying, who was that, Brother Chance? Yeah, well, we're going to have them over. We want them, we want them to be a part. We want them to feel good about it. So if you're here tonight and you're new and Judy and David hadn't have you, they will now. No. 
they're great at that. But they're serving. That's what they do. Greg Jackson, wave your hand. Is Kevin here tonight? Kevin, look, Kevin. I want y'all to see Kevin. Wave your hand back there, Kevin. Kevin Chapman, Greg Jackson, David Bolin. You know what they are? They're servants. They don't get paid to drive vans. They get here before you get up, some of you, on Sunday morning. When you come skating in here 30 minutes late, they've been here and they run around and they went people up at church. They're servants. They don't get a check. They don't get paid. They love like Jesus loved. People that don't have a ride to church, Kevin Chapman, David Bolin, Greg Jackson. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being servants. That's servants. That's servants. I just thinking today, my mom's 87 years old. She don't mind me saying that. She's past the day of, of worried about age. She's just glad to be here. But you know what? Ever service. See that lady that sets fire, Sister Grace? Thank you, Sister Grace. You know what she does? She goes and picks up Sister Grace. It's just Sister Grace don't drive. She don't have a car. But Ellen does. And so she goes and picks up Grace. And she brings her to the house of God. I could go on and on and on. My wife, many, many, most Sundays, will leave choir practice. She has to get here, but be at choir practice by 8.30. When she leaves choir practice, she goes and gets in her car, and she goes out by the police station out there off of Mill Haven, and she picks up a lady for church, brings her and whatever kids want to come. Now, I could go on. I don't see Debbie and James here, but Debbie Masters is a servant. Her and James are servants. When there's a death, when there's a, when something needs to be done, she gets a crew. I looked up the other night. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble for calling names, but people who just provide. Sue, Beverly, Carolyn, Leatrice, Barbara, Lou. These are. These are and there's others that just show up. Why? Because if you love like Jesus does, you won't mind washing a few feet. You won't mind doing what God wants you to do. See, here's the deal, guys. Listen to me tonight. Church is more than Sunday morning shout. Are you listening? Church is more than whooping it up and jumping up and down. It's more than even prayer. It's more than worship. Church is reaching into the heart of people like Jesus did. If you're a Jesus follower, if you're part of the family of God and you're in the church and not serving, you need to, you need to find something and do it. Because serving is loving like Jesus did. Have you ever heard people say, I can't find a church that meets my needs? Yeah, I've had people tell me that. Well, I've been to churches. I had somebody tell me one time, well, Pastor, we just don't feel like we're getting fed. Oh, you don't know what I really wanted to say. That's because you're still on a bottle and I'm having to feed you a bottle. You never will get full on a bottle. You need to meet and you can't take it. But here's the deal. This is in your notes, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you this before I close. I got two minutes according to my watch. 
we are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. We are not spiritual consumers. The church is not about you. We are the church. This building is not a church. This building is a building. The church resides right here. We are the church. We're not just going to church. We are the church. And we are not to be just consumers of blessings. We are to be contributors to the world and to those around us. You believe what I'm saying tonight? So when that happens, you want to know something that will change your marriage? Serve. You want to know something that will change your friendships? Sir, you want there's givers and there's takers. You better hear me right now. You want nothing to throw something that'll change your entire life? Give and serve. Make a difference in your world. Serve. Glorify Jesus by serving. And he said, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Just before he died. Now you've got to get the picture. They had seen him raise the dead. They had seen him heal the lepers. They had watched him open blind eyes. They knew what he could do. He was the powerful man. Because God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. But in his last day. He didn't choose to perform a miracle. He got down with a towel. And washed the dirty feet of his own disciples who were arguing about who was going to be the greatest. And he said, in essence, this is what he said. If I could put it in 2020 language, guys, you got it all wrong. It's not who sings the best. It's not who plays the organ or the piano or the drums. It's not who runs the sound. It's not. It's who serves. When you become a servant. You become great in the eyes of God. Love like Jesus, shall we stand? So he looked around the room and he saw proud hearts and dirty feet. And he just said, I'll do this. I'll show them. I'll be an example. I'll just let them know what greatness really is right now. And he washed their feet. So I'm asking you tonight, don't ever, don't ever say, I ain't doing that. I, 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 I used to would do that, but I, I'm not, not me. Oh, no, 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 no. When you get too good to wash feet, you're too good. You're, you're better than Jesus. When you get too good to wash feet, you're better than Jesus. When you get too good to serve your brother, that's the essence of what I'm saying tonight. When you get too good to get low so that you can get high. You don't get low with it with getting high in mind. You get low and the Bible said, God exalteth whom he will. But I'll tell you something else he said. Watch me and I'm closing with this scripture. The Bible said, God giveth grace to the humble, but he resisteth the proud. And one translation says he stiff arms the proud. He'll put you at length. He'll say, no, 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 no. He don't want anything to do with pride. Pride is what got the devil in trouble. 
It's what calls Lucifer to fall. Pride will cause you to fall too. Lose your pride. Let's serve. Let's love like Jesus loved.